Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we expand a dead horse's consciousness, 1d6 earthly divinities at a time. Today, on part two of our deep dive into Eorus Essence, we find the setting book. We see what the Great Spirit has in store for us as she guides us through the White Ring and into the Great Beyond. It is System Mastery. Hello and welcome to System Mastery, and I am your guide for this journey, John, <laughs> and with me, Jeff. Yes, I'm more of a bystander in this episode. Oh yeah. In this episode, I am going to get into my multi-page notes that I took on the setting for Eorus Essence that, oof. Man. <laughs> and I've had a good two weeks to forget what I read, so this is just, for me, this is completely an untamed experience. Oh, yeah. At this point, you're basically just like, you may as well get a blanket and a snack, because it's story time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to get into my Indian sit position, which I'm pretty sure I'm not supposed to say. Yeah, you're supposed to go uh, crisscross applesauce. Is it crisscross applesauce now? Yeah. I'm sorry, I went to summer camp in a different time. Uh, you got to get into that lotus position. <laughs> All right, fine. I'm going to sit in the lotus position, and I'm going to activate my earth chakra. There you Do go. Do you think I'm ready to hear the story now? Oh, yeah, definitely. If you start doing that, then it's ready for <laughs> Eorus essence to pour its essence into you. I've been waiting for Eeyore to pour his essence into me. <laughs> Come on, Eeyore. Eeyore, his essence. Thanks for noticing me. Thanks for noticing my dick. <laughs> Well, it's held on with a pin. I mean, come on. How do you not see in that? Ah, no. What we thought was a tail all along. <laughs> Eeyore's fluffy-ended dick. I've been tricking everyone for I've years. got a flat dick. <laughs> Eeyore's flat dick is... Uh, that's a that's a great segue into your essence. <laughs> that's exactly where you want to be. Oh, yeah. that's it makes my job so much easier. <laughs> Now, I do want to preface this with the information may be weirdly out of order for what you might assume it should be in, because the book just sort of goes wherever it will. Oh, good. That's good. So so would you say that this book is a useful reference for the purposes of playing the actual game of your Essence? I mean, yes, in that. There's no possible way you could know what the fuck anything means in that book without having read the setting book. That is true. I had no idea what the fuck I was reading. Exactly. I and mean, I still <laughs> don't know what the hell half of that was. Yeah, I mean, I finished the setting book and I was like, how do you, what do you do here? How do you make a <laughs> character for this? Well, I know that part. <laughs> uh Honestly, the fact that you made a sill, I was like, I didn't even think that would be available to players. That's like, that's like you the, have the option of being like, well, you can be the BMX Bandit or Angel Summoner. That's the first option. It, it's like, hey, maybe you'd like to play a Xylen, and and uh, I, I guess it's possible to do a Calais campaign, but I would not recommend that. It's pretty much the tone of the of the rule book. 
Weird. So it's I, I, it, to me, it implies that this is supposed to be like an exalted or a nephilim or something where you play as phenomenal cosmic power. Yeah, which makes some sense, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. But that but it, was, well, it's one of the things where I'm like, you could not get by with a mixed party. So if you're like, what do you have? Oh, we've got two angels and a dude. You're like, oh, cool. What's the dude do? Nothing. Also, whatever this cat monster beast thing I, I, we cat, have a teleporting beast a cat. psychic human and three angels and that's our party yeah because the calais made zero sense i feel like they were the ones that i had the hardest time but xylent is just means a normal person or, or normal thing and sill is some kind of cowboy robot angel but but calais i have it's like they're werewolves and not swearwolves <laughs> the weirdest thing for this book is when I get into this, there are a lot of terms that it uses and then immediately switches to a different term to talk about them. Oh, that's kind of a, 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 a what's her name? Uh, the person who wrote Nobilis. Yeah. Uh, that's like, she's always like, hey, how would, oh, uh, oh her name just came in and then right, right Jenna? Back. Jenna Moran. Thank you. Uh, where, like, she'll be like, here's seven words for this. I will use one of them. Yeah, it's, it's very strange that they're like, let me tell you all about like this type of thing mm-hmm. also it's known as this and now i'm going to refer to it as that for the next 10 pages and you're like <laughs> what the fuck are you doing it's slightly worse uh all right so i suppose i will get into this i mean you're you're missing a key element to the beginning of any given system mastery oh yeah you forgot to, ha- to ask how i am <laughs> you, you, you gotta start with a how you doing oh hey jeff mm-hmm. how you doing uh, nose is a little stuffy, but I'm all right. I'm, I'm going to give you a thumbs up on that one. Good. I had my favorite kind of popsicle this this afternoon. Lime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> the only kind that matters. Uh, how's the baby? Uh, how's Sage? Sage is doing wonderfully. She, uh, she gave me a little look this morning when she came across me in the hallway, because she was just sort of doodling around. Yeah. And I was like, hi, Sage. And she gave me this eye roll, which I was like, you're, you're emoting at a way advanced level for a kid. <laughs> Because she gave me this, like, teenage, a dad. (laughs) (laughs) And it just sauntered away in the other direction. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't want to. I didn't want to start hitting these for another 13 years. (laughs) Uh, Excellent. Very good. Uh, All right. Okay. So, Ioris, the setting book has a like narrator to it Mm -hmm. that it never gets into who the narrator really is oh good okay but it's Aaron Tarn it's basically like the traveler oh okay and uh it is for what I can tell someone that has both lived on earth and Eorus okay uh so now so that's the first thing we're learning right now is that Eorus is not Earth, and it's a different planet as well. I kind of knew that, but not 100%. Because there were little things about, like, its city-states and stuff that got various mentions in uh, in the rulebook occasionally. Yeah. All right. So, let's start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, mm-hmm. there was nothing. In the beginning, how you doing? <laughs> in the beginning, what, what's up? How you, how you feeling? So good. <laughs> So I didn't have to do anything for this episode. I feel great. Oh, I know. All you got to do is make sure you ask some interesting questions mm-hmm. and engage. I will. I will stay engaged. 
And I will, I will ask Just some put, interesting... put your phone away and stay engaged. Land on my phone. Quit playing around on that laptop. <laughs> my laptop's put away. Uh. Now, I might be quietly playing Ultimate Alliance 3 behind you because you're not looking at the TV. <laughs> God damn it, turn that switch off. <laughs> uh. All right, so in the beginning, there was nothing. And then the Great Spirit awoke. Okay. So when the Great Spirit thinks of stuff, mm-hmm. it comes into being. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all of creation is essentially the great spirit's random, cognizance. M- random musings. Yeah. So the first thing the great spirit makes is called the white ring. Now, the white ring mm-hmm. is a ring of, let's just say, sort of Edenist paradise. Okay, so it's a big... Sir, big ring planet that's got Eden all over it. Now, it's not a planet. The white ring pretty much encircles all of our known universe. Okay, but it, but if you were to land on whatever it is... It would just be like a big, flat, lush, giant thing. ring that's like the size of our universe as a ring. Uh-huh. But it's also covered with like nice trees and fruits and... and yeah, like it's n- just nice there. Okay, yeah, all right. It's like the, the Great Spirit was like, I want a nice, cool place to hang out. And they made the the white ring. Okay. Now, inside the white ring mm-hmm. uh, is our entire known universe. Okay. And at the center of it is the dark sphere. The dark, the dark sphere. Yeah. So, okay. The that's dar- like the bad neighborhood of the universe. Almost? That's kind of racist to Yoris. I don't know if you guys thought about this. So the dark sphere is essentially like a like a black hole, but it's sucking in everything. Okay, well that's what black holes do, so why not? But it's... The reason that we in our universe uh-huh. cannot sense the great spirit and see their light Mm-hmm. Which apparently outside of the white ring, it's just like always bright and sunny in okay. the white ring. Okay, so it's always sunny in the white ring in Philadelphia. Yeah. So the white ring is Philadelphia. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Yeah. Sure. It's the land of brotherly love. <laughs> and the cheesesteaks don't even get me started. <laughs> uh, so our universe is known as the inner existence. All right. Uh,. The dark sphere is constantly trying to destroy us okay. as waves from the white ring are constantly keeping us balanced. Oh, wow. It's like a perfect eternal balance. Now, outside of the white ring mm-hmm. is the it's, outer existence. It's too dark to read. <laughs> no, it's super bright there because it doesn't have the dark sphere. Oh, okay. There is this entire, like... I would say multiple times the size of our known universe mm-hmm. is the outer existence. Okay. And what happens is the great spirit's consciousness sends out waves called Eos. Okay. And Eos is what makes everything. Okay. So Eos is the building block of the universe. Yes. Okay. Eos is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> And Eos goes out, Mm -hmm. and so the white ring shoots it out, and the dark sphere eats it inside. Okay, sure. And then the Eos that goes out from that just keeps expanding until it can't anymore, 
And then that is called the Horizon of Soliloquy, also known as Hellar, and it will be called this interchangeably throughout the book. Hellar? Yeah. H-E-L-L-A-R. Heller. <laughs> well, that's a terrible name. For, I, I mean, you know what? It's probably better than the Horizon of Soliloquy, which is the problem that happens when you net lame, or let too many poets get involved in your shit. Yeah. Then beyond the Horizon of Soliloquy mm-hmm. is what is known as the Lost Existence, because all time and space is also made up of Eos. Mm-hmm. So outside of this, essentially point where the waves can't go any farther mm-hmm. is just nothing like there's no time there's no anything there except for maybe some spirits but maybe not so it's a, it's a universe where time never moves so outside of the outermost ring outside of the horizon of soliloquy it's basically like dayton ohio yeah Okay. Exactly. Yeah, all right. I got you. And there might be something there, but no one knows for sure. It's impossible to tell from an outside (laughs) perspective, but it does appear as though time doesn't move in there, Captain. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, Eos goes out in waves, Mm -hmm. and at one point, it just sort of started building up around the horizon. Mm -hmm. Like, you just got this massive amount of eos that then turned into a planet okay now this is eorus so eorus is at the literal farthest end of the universe you can be at okay but it's a radial universe so any so it's just one of any number of infinite possible furthest possible distances yes okay although technically this planet is only 10 percent outside of the horizon Oh, okay. That 10% is a little larger than Earth's total area. So it's like an iceberg that's stuck in the horizon of soliloquy, which, by the way, doesn't soliloquy just mean, like, monologue? Like, when you're just talking Basically. About... So that's not really... It feels like that name was picked for its cool value and not its... Yeah. 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 For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so about 10% of it is livable, mm-hmm. and then the other 90% just is either within the horizon or into the lost existence. Yeah, it's not livable, but the rents are really low. So. Oh, man, it's great. Yeah, you have to move out there and then commute to the good part of Eorus. <laughs> that's not, that's the way most people are. Uh, nah, man, once you get out into that uh, lost existence, you just stay there. You never seem to want to leave. <laughs> uh, you just pick up a job out in the lack of time and space. Yeah, I'm still working at a blockbuster. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Time never went anywhere. <laughs> Uh, so uh, then, still- <laughs> then the Eos makes the first life, mm-hmm. and it's on Eorus. Okay, so so life in the in the mega universe because we're this is again this is some Taurus that surrounds the regular universe. Yes. Okay. So in all of existence, the very first life started on Eorus. Okay. The first thing that happened is a tree, and that tree turned into a child, and that child was known as the first Sill. Okay. Uh, did it happen, like, immediately, or was he a, were they a tree for a long time first? I mean, they were a tree for some time. Okay. 
I don't know how long, mm. and neither does the traveler. Note that in this book, there are a lot of points where the narrator will just go, and I don't know how that happened, and move on. Well, good. That makes me feel better about my episode. Yeah. No, the, the narrator's <laughs> just like, some say that there are spirits in the lost existence, but I've never seen them. Moving on. And I'm like, what the fuck? You can't just do that. <laughs> Uh, Some say there are cool dinosaurs you can ride, but they are dismissed as crazy. Uh, so there were then three echoes of the first sill, and those became the other children of the great spirit. Okay. So they are either known as like the first sill, the second sill, and so on, mm-hmm. or the first child, the second child, and so on. Mm-hmm. And again, that will be used interchangeably. Yeah. Also by their personal and actual names, which I believe were Groucho, Harpo, Chico, and... Dinko. <laughs> David S. Pumpkins. <laughs> Beppo. <laughs> it was Beppo. Ugh. I mean, it was actually Zeppo, but whatever. So... Now you have these echoes that go out from the first life, and it starts making life everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So the echo in the white ring makes the Calais. Okay. Those are the spirits of the white ring. All right. So when Eorus echoes off the Eos of the first life coming into existence, it bounces backwards as a carrier wave going the other direction from Eos all the way back to the white ring. And when it hits there, uh, it farts out some life. Yes. Okay, great. And that life is the Calais. All right. And that's... I'll get into it. Mm -hmm. I have an entire section on them. (laughs) Wait, hold on. So they're the first life on the White Ring? Wasn't the White Ring some sort of Eden-style paradise? Well, it is later. Because it had nothing on it first. It was just a White Ring. All right, fair enough. Uh, Then the Echo in our universe, Mm -hmm. the Solar Echo, uh, made the ZL. Okay, that's a new one on me. And then the thing out in the lost existence made the Nissan. I'm sorry, the Nissan didn't come up at all in my thing. I mean, it's a perfectly cromulent thing to have exist out in the, out the outer universe where time doesn't move. Yeah. Perhaps it's like a 1985 Nissan Maxima. Is, oh, yeah, there's about- definitely a 92 Nissan Sentra out there, and it is just going nowhere. <laughs> time cannot affect this Nissan. <sighs> Again, the Nissan is the thing that the book goes, I don't know if that exists or not, but everyone says it should. Okay, so so theoretically, because the uh, the the, life, the echo the basically echo waves, did it in every section. Which means that it fired off into the... Wouldn't it just get stuck in the barrier where time doesn't move anymore and just sit there? That seems like it should be. Yeah, you'd think you, just, you could walk up and just scrape it off the time wall. But there's a name for these spirits in the lost existence, but no one's ever seen them, and I don't know why anyone believes they exist. And just out of care- just out of convenience, they've given them the Japanese word for friend as a name. Yeah, sure. Okay, that's wonderful. Good Although to- I think it's just- one one less S. Oh, okay. So it might right. be Nissan. All right. <laughs> Nissan. Nissan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after all of this was made... These are all celestial beings. Okay. Then the non-celestial life was made, and that's Xylan. Okay, so Xylan are... Just non-celestial life. So it's just anything that isn't a spirit is a Xylan. Okay, so our whole planet is completely populated with Xylan, from the the lowliest protozoa to the humans, right? Toe to tip, it's all Xylan. All right. Although our universe has the Ziel, Mm -hmm. which are the spirits that are inhabiting... 
I think those might be the dark sphere spirits. Okay. So uh, they're sort of evil. So question. Yes. Uh, are there other planets with life on them that get mentioned at all? No. Okay. So no, we not by an, name. Uh, like an incomprehensibly triple vast extra universe, and we still only have two planets in a ring. Yeah, I mean, there are other planets, it just doesn't bother to talk about any of them. Honestly, it barely mentions Earth. Okay. It's like, and you might know these as being like your Earth ants. Larger, of course. <laughs> and they're wearing slacks. Uh, now, you might be asking yourself, and you definitely aren't, what is Eos? <laughs> uh, it's multiple dancing space captains. Man, this book, and mm -hmm. I believe I said this before, yeah, feels like it's trying to indoctrinate you into a cult. It does. It feels very Nixivim. Next thing you know, I'm having sex with Chloe from Smallville, and I'm... Yeah, it's, it's very much throughout the whole thing. They're like, let me explain to you how the universe works. Mm -hmm. Now, you'll concede that this is true, so logically it must follow that this is. And you're like... <laughs> Oh, fuck me. Do not try and brainwash me into your weird cult. I forget that specific logic argument term. The one where you just establish something as, I think, it, it, false evidence or whatever. You were just like, well, obviously all bears are sentient. And therefore, from that, we can extrapolate that, it oh, was, yeah. that Hitler was probably a bear. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the whole book is full of nonsense like that. Mm -hmm. So Eos makes up all things. But what makes up Eos? Oh, gosh. What is it? Is it made out of uh, gravy? It's three rings. Oh, so Eos, which again is a force that pulls us all over the place, is made of three rings. Yes. Okay. Those rings are essence, mm -hmm. which creates the fundamental nature of a thing. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say that that one counts as gravy, so I'm not wrong. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, so. it would make something be the fundamental nature of gravy. <laughs> Uh, existence, which is the actual physical expression of things. Yeah, that's so. Just... The fact that gravy is, you know, all gooey and gravy-like is <laughs> from e existence. Eos is, or e Eos is just gravy, and energy, which is the driving force of change and time. Yeah, that's that's. You have cold gravy. You're not going to do much with it, but hot gravy, hot oh, gravy, hot gravy can change a thing. It turns regular mashed potatoes into hot potatoes with gravy on them. Yeah, I'd rather have regular mashed potatoes. Gravy is disgusting. Oh, you're not a gravyman? I'm not a gravysman. <laughs> I do not want gravy on my meat. I don't want it on my potatoes. I was just like you for most of my life, but then I realized that, that uh, it, it improves turkey. I don't really need it on my mashed potatoes, but it's great on turkey. See, what I want is a, a fork full of turkey and mashed potatoes that goes into my mouth at the same time. That's what I do. Okay. The turkey fair. and mashed that's potatoes fair. go in, and I'm like, this is what I needed. Man, it's only September, and we're both already like making hardcore Thanksgiving plans. <laughs> Proclamations. <laughs> uh, so however the rings end up interacting is how you determine what a thing is. Okay. So like, the Eos will be like, oh, it... The ring is in this position of existence and this position of essence and whatnot. You're like, and that means it's a dog. <laughs> so you can basically measure the... Can you backdate to figure out what something's Eos is? by Like, oh, it's a dog. Therefore, it must have... The, it's, its energy ring has to be at this declination. I mean, I would assume maybe if you were super into Saia, 
Okay, you might sure. be able to. All right. So everyone's everyone's rotating at a three dimensional frequency that tell that uh, in EOS terms that tells you what you are. Yes. Okay. Now it's important for me to note right now that Eorus doesn't have a sun like we do. Mm-hmm. Our known universe has to have these stars because the light from the white ring is constantly being eaten by the dark sphere. Right. So, so Eorus to- doesn't have a sun. Yeah, it's just bright out there. It's just they have light and life because life waves keep hitting it. Now, do they have nighttime on Eorus? It doesn't say. <laughs> but the planet doesn't spin because mm-hmm. just that 10% stays outside of the horizon at all times. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course it wouldn't because all the movement from the planet would be locked up with the rest of the with the chunk that d- exactly. where time doesn't move. Most of it is stuck in a place where nothing moves or changes. Yes. So it just sits there with the 10% kind of poking out. Mm-hmm. And only manages to have things like gravity and air and whatnot because of the EOS waves that are hitting it. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's basically an iceberg in the lullaby wall. And, and uh, it's where <laughs> Oh, the- actually, the iceberg of the lullaby wall is one of the <laughs> other names for yours. Oh, <laughs> uh, Christ. Okay. Now let me tell you about the fundamental forms of energy in the universe. I'm looking forward to this, because I feel like at this point we're still pretty far from anything I can use to make a game. Yeah. Now, you should know there are four primary elements. Okay. That's water, wind, fire, and earth. Okay. And then, and then a secondary one that's heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, there, there is a, a primordial element that is... Never mind. <laughs> so there's four secondary elements, which is ice electricity, metal, and wood, which the book also refers to as flesh. Yes, okay. Wood and flesh are the same. I mean, now, that's not that weird for a game where all life that isn't celestial is called Xylan, which is a, which is close to a part of a tree. And a sill, the first sill, came from a tree. Yeah. Now, those eight uh, primary and secondary elements mm-hmm. can then be aligned with the two primordial elements, celestial and purity. Okay, I actually kind of remember this part. This might be the first intersection between the two books. <sighs> so, if you're an Eorisian, Eorisian, you use the elements like you would a zodiac. Mm-hmm. So, if you're say like, oh, you're a real wind element person, mm-hmm. then you'd be like, oh, they're stereotypically wise and silent. Oh, <laughs> so in the same way that someone might be like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you until I've had my coffee. I'm a Sagittarius. That's they're like, oh, don't worry, he doesn't talk much. He's a wind. <laughs> He's a wind element. He's deadly and silent. <laughs> Uh, and I'm a Sagittarius, and you're always welcome to talk to me before I've had my coffee. <laughs> so everyone is supposed to be aligned to one or two of the ten energies. So you could also be like, oh, I'm like a metal rising with a purity damn it. essence. Uh, what's in your Saturn ascending house? Yes. So the whole thing is it- just a ten instead of twelve uh zodiac and it also can't be bla- be, uh, based on any celestial bodies because where they are there aren't any i mean there are s- stuff out there it's just doesn't matter yeah it's, well i mean yeah that's i'm really curious what, what's in the what's the sky of eorus look like i wonder i have no idea i mean by the art you would assume lots of stars and things mm-hmm. but those might just be 
planets reflecting light? Why would they even have stars? They're outside the white ring. Well, I mean, the waves of Eos might have just made some stars at some point. Man, you'd be you'd think that they would be uh, there'd be way too many if if the universe has existed for that long and there's no Thanatosian element that's destroying everything out there. You'd think it'd be a little overcrowded with stars and shit. You, I mean, maybe. Hmm. Interesting thought. So, well, that's also why, I mean, everything in the outer existence is, like, just 12 times the size of our known universe. So there's a right. shitload of room out there. <laughs> it is it is the Great Spirit's dumping ground for stuff. It's the Montana of space. <laughs> so much room. <laughs> uh, okay. And yet somehow, like, five guys own 90% of it. <laughs> Burgers and fries. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, everyone on Eorus is like, you're one of these two elements. and Ten elements, right? Well. Oh, you mean the two primordials. Two, well, two elements. You are a mix of ah. one or two okay, fair elements enough. of these. Yeah. Now, we had mentioned Saeya. Let's get into that. Yeah, yeah. You, you, ha- you did mention Saeya, which I believe is the song that the universe sings. Yeah, it is the magic of the setting. Yes. Uh, so because life is made up of these waves of Eos, mm-hmm. essentially you can hack the matrix of the universe by affecting the vibration of the waves. Okay. And so... So if, you, if you're like a nine-year-old and you go out and you beat up the ocean, that's basically what this is. I mean, kind of. Okay, great. So you can either... Know how to sing the song of creation, mm-hmm. and by doing that, you're like, oh, I know how to create specific vibrations that will cause the eos of the universe to bend to do things that I want it to. Yeah, Age of Aquarius. That's the song. That's the specific song you sing to bend to sing yeah, the song obviously. of creation. Yeah, it's why Earth has never been the same since that song mm-hmm. came out. That's right. It changed everything. <laughs> yes. Uh, or. If you are not one of the people that can actually do songs, you can do magic by using rune-inscribed things instead. And the things can be like crystals or... Runes or rituals. Trees or Hell yeah, brother. Stuff. I remember this part from the other book. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of the things that's an actual mechanical thing you need to know about. Yeah. I, is how to cast spells and shit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you use these uh, like rune inscribed nonsense things the same way we do tech. Okay. And so the society of Eorus is essentially just made up of... Uh, Instead of, like, the technology we have, it's all just, like, rune-inscribed crystal things that they're mm-hmm. like, oh, we made a spaceship out of, like, trees and then inscribed runes on it and went out into space. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you build your vacuum cleaner up out of rune chunks, and then when you're done vacuuming, it's all like, ah, it is a living. Indeed. <laughs> you have a little crystal that, like, beeps at you and is like, I have created no more dust. Thus is my living. <laughs> now... <laughs> In addition to this, mm-hmm. and it's why I asked you if a thing called the Oris had come up. The Oris. Yes. That sounds like a kind of disease you get from eating too large of a hamburger. <laughs> I got the Oris. <laughs> the Oris is a magical internet. Oh, nice. Okay. 
Well, just like our regular internet, which is completely magical. Indeed. Yeah. So there is an energy that mm. flows through all things and is in all things, and its name is Jesus Christ. And I'd like to talk to you today <laughs> about... <laughs> Uh, I was I was getting ready for you to be like, there is an energy that flows through all of us, and it is known as Gamergate. <laughs> there is. Because EOS flows through everything and makes up everything, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there is a way that you can tap into what is essentially the shared knowledge of all the universe. Okay, sure. So there is just a magical energy web in all of existence, mm-hmm. that if you can manage to get your rune computer up and running, you can tap into the Oris and be like, okay, cool, I can go find out whatever I want, because no matter what it is, it is somewhere in this web. And someone knows it somewhere, and it doesn't necessarily have to be actual knowledge from a brain. It could just No, be- it doesn't have to be someone thinking about it. You're yeah. like, I can just go find, like, if I want to know about some bug, I can find the wave of that bug and find out what it is. Is this the kind of, it just sounds a lot like a semi-mystical fantasy tech variant of just the threat of the loom of fate and the three ladies who cut at it. No, it's like you're it's, about to mention Lachesis. It really is just the internet, because all you can do is find out information. Now, of course, the government of Eorus has put some blocks on that. <laughs> the government of Eorus. Oh, yes. The Council of Eorus has decided, oh, man, the magical internet lets you see anything. We got to put some restrictions in there. Mm. So they've created some magic firewalls. <laughs> so you can't find out everything. You're definitely not allowed to have any conversations where you say that the leader of the Council of Eorus kind of looks like Winnie the Pooh. Oh, yeah. Definitely don't do that. Well, because... The Oris is everything. Mm-hmm. You could be like, oh, I can just find out anything I want about anyone. So they're like, yeah, we need to just nip that in the bud. You'd think they would have just developed their entire worldview and policies and stuff around that. Like, of course, everyone on this skip of this planet is both immune to blackmail and shame because there is no such thing as private information. Well, the thing is, they only found the Oris fairly late in the civilization. Oh, very good. Okay. Because Saeo was a development in the same way that we had, like, the Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. They had, I guess, the Saeo Revolution. Where they were like, holy shit, this universe kind of has a beat to it. Oh, yeah. They I were like, it's... oh, man, there's a there's a song playing in the background, and if I sing along, I can make magic. I think it's Sail Away by Enya. <laughs> sail away, sail away, sail away. <laughs> Boop. Oh, neat. oh, neat. Every time I sing a little bit of Sail Away, I get like a pencil sharpener or something. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> or something. Or something. <laughs> I could just reach into hammer space and pull out something from the song. <laughs> now, uh, Eorus itself has basically rings. Mm-hmm. Because... Yeah, there's been a lot of rings so far. I think this is your fourth oh, yeah. time going through rings. <sighs> And it has three of them, uh-huh. because of course it does. Yeah, yeah. Because there's, you know, the solar, and then the white ring, and then the outer, yeah. and then now you had the it's three always... rings of Eos, mm-hmm. and now there's the three rings of Eorus. Yeah. And they are golden, golden, and golden. And this is where Sonic the Hedgehog comes in. <laughs> this, is, this is where Sonic comes in. Now, I hope you hold on to your butts, because this is actually a Sonic the Hedgehog role-playing This is going to get a little... <laughs> Surprise! It's a Sonic the Hedgehog role-playing game. Man. This review got really chaotic. <laughs> uh, uh, that's so fascinating, be- but I don't care at all. 
<laughs> so because of the EOS is a sort of wave mm-hmm. that hits, the actual horizon of soliloquy ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. So there are periods where Eorus has been larger or smaller. Okay. The sort of inland, always around area where civilization is mostly at right now is called Eastaria. Okay. Uh, that's the inner ring. It is the tiniest section of the planet and is still bigger than Earth's entire surface area. Sure, why not? <sighs> then the next ring out is Aesia. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, Aesia. Which is, at this point, basically a giant frozen wasteland because a wolf went and talked to a singing crystal. Uh, duh. Duh. I mean, that's that's just the plot of the never-ending story, I think. <laughs> and lastly, there mm-hmm. is Ursalia, yeah. which exists just bears. currently outside of time, oh, Okay, but still manages to shift and be chaotic. So that's the big paradox of everything, is that... This land on Eorus is in the part where nothing should be happening, and yet the terrain in it still manages to shift and change. Oh. So great. Someone's breaking the rules. Did someone call 911 about it? (laughs) They can't do that. That's illegal. No, that would only happen in the solar existence because we have a black sphere, and someone called the police on it. Oh. (laughs) Okay. Now, the book goes on about these other rings and, like, the whole history of them and the people that used to live there, but they're all dead and none of that matters, and Astaria is the only place where you would play this game or have anything to do with anything. Right, yeah, unless you want to go out into the frozen giant super hoth and just kind of wander around. Yeah. So, life types. Life types! There are... (laughs) God damn it. Six versions of flora and fauna. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to oh, hear no, wait, this. Five, five versions. Okay, sure. Five f- categories. All right, I'm very eager to hear this. There is Aia, uh-huh. and that's that which lives on land. Okay. There is Ilventia, mm-hmm. that which lives in the air. Okay, sure, sure. There is Salaya, mm-hmm. that which lives in water. All right. There is Eriu... That which lives underground. Okay. And Nagas, which live in space. <laughs> Wait, just Nagas? Nagas. N-A-G-A-S, Nagas just live in space. Snake people live in space? I guess. Okay. What? Anything that lives in space, if you're a big space whale, you're a Nagas. Okay, that's a... That wasn't what I was expecting. Nope. <laughs> Can you transition between these things? What about animals that sometimes are in the sky and sometimes are on the ground? Uh, I believe they would categorize like birds mm-hmm. as being uh, Ilventia because they can live in the air. What about penguins? Penguins would be of, I believe, the water? Because they, 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 number one, can't be Ilventia because they can't fly. Exactly. So, but they they are primarily a land species, and then land is where they go to lay their eggs and, and raise their young. But but they do have to get all their food from the water. Exactly. But so do we in a lot of situations, and we aren't water people. We're just fishermen. Yeah, I think maybe this book didn't give this much thought. <laughs> <laughs> I think perhaps the taxonomy of Eorus is bullshit. Are you telling me that they didn't think a lot long and hard about penguins when writing this game? <laughs> No, mostly they thought about, like, sexy anime people and also, like, otters and stuff. 
and how sometimes they might have robot suits. Yeah. Uh, okay. So in addition to those five categories, it also splits everything into Shavat and Xylan. Uh-huh. The Shavat is anything that's a celestial, and the Xylan is anything that isn't. Yeah, the Shavat's a special dinner you have on Saturdays. <laughs> the, the Shavat, everyone turns off everything, you don't do any work. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was getting that joke ready. Can I hear that one again? <laughs> so, Shavat, all of the angels and shit, all the species that are the celestials. Okay, now, in addition to that, the... Shavat themselves have basically gods of concepts that are known as the Aiege. It's like A-I-E-J. All right, so hang on a second. We, we, we had to break for just a second here in the continuity, and Shavat once again are... It's the Celestials. The Celestials. Okay, they're all the Celestials, and the other thing that are not the, the, Shavat, the Shavat is the... Xylan. Xylan. Okay, great. So when a Shavat is a god of a concept, then you're an Aiege. And, of course, you are, because why would we only have one name for things? Okay, so sometimes the Shavat, which are any celestial, Calais or Sil, uh, sometimes they are specifically the gods of specific things. Yeah, so, like, the Aiege would be like, oh, I'm the Aiege mm-hmm. of, like, anger or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you would be a celestial being that just sort of resonates this concept. Okay, sure. So... That's, Would the concept exist without you, or is it like an honorary title? I think you just embody it. Okay. And it's possible that it might not exist without you? I'm not sure. Basically, <laughs> like, the gods that we or any other planet would have mm-hmm. are almost certainly some sort of Sil or Aiej or whatever mm-hmm. coming down and being like, hey, I'm this. So... You know, when you have like, oh, yeah, it's like a god of war. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that was just the Aiege of war. Yeah, some dude named Aiege Ares came on down and was like, what's up? War's pretty cool, guys. You ever I think, think about dogs that? dogs should vote. <laughs> and then a big war was fought over whether or not dogs should vote. <sighs> there is an entire section about Enlil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enlil are so the Enlil- furry, furry people, is that right? Good lord. The Enlil have two types. Okay. There are Xylan Enlil and Calais Enlil. Okay, sure. That makes perfect sense to me. They're noteworthy because they have horns made out of universal matter and are telepathically linked with all things. Horns made out of universal matter. Yeah. So sometimes someone might be like, I want to murder this Enlil for its horns. Because it's made out of universal matter. Now, if you're wondering, did the book tell me what universal matter is? I might be wondering that. There's a chance I'm wondering. It did not. Ah, okay. (laughs) So that's up to us. Yeah. I'm going to say that it's the stuff that they call taco meat at a Taco Bell. I'm going to say it's the stuff dreams are made of. (laughs) It's dream weavings. Now, the Xylan and Enlil are basically just weird monsters. And they can go in size from like... Oh, the little ones are maybe like six foot tall, mm-hmm. up to being like skyscraper-sized monsters. Oh, I had them confu- confused with something else then. I was thinking that they were those species that we see in the book that are like, I look like a little rodent man. Oh, no. Okay. The Enlil are weird monsters that are super wise, but 
stay outside of society? Perhaps these could be the mythological embodiment of what we would refer to as dragons. No, those are different. Oh, shit. There's actually a literal <laughs> section for dragons. <sighs> I was so set for that. <laughs> Maybe these are the Leviathans of old then. Uh, I mean, after all, he did have a, a crown of horns, didn't he? Maybe. They were probably made out of that stuff that Taco Bell taco meat is <laughs> yeah, made of. Yeah, taco meat horns. <laughs> now, the Calais ones, it is noteworthy that the Calais are the are spirits, mm-hmm. but they don't have free will. Yes, yeah, they all follow the will of, some, of one of them. So the Calais... Enlil mm-hmm. will basically just follow some Xylan Enlil around, and the Xylan Enlil will be like, all right, everybody chill the fuck out. Because mm-hmm. if they are separated and don't have someone to tell them what to do, they just sort of freak out and start destroying things. Oh, okay. So they get shepherded around and then just act like regular Enlil, as long okay. as someone is one of the other Xylan ones is there to do the stuff. Yeah, if you're playing as a Calais, then you have a consciousness stat that you can you can put points into during character creation. And most Calais have a consciousness stat of zero, which is that they are just, or one, which renders them unaware of their surroundings, really, and unaware of like the the existence of other life, and they just do whatever their impulses tell them to. With consciousness one, you're at least kind of aware of what's on, going on, but you are definitely subsumed to the will of what's her face, who's in charge. Oh yeah, so pretty much all the Calais have some sort of purpose that they were given at creation, and mm-hmm. that's just what they do. Yeah. And the Great Spirit can boss them around because, you know, it's the Great Spirit. Yeah, but there's also some other one that's hijacked them or whatever. But you can... I mean, essentially, if you're a powerful enough Shavat, you can gain control of a Calais mm-hmm. it's probably like through use of Saia. It's almost like you might be some kind of angel summoner. Might be. Mm-hmm. But me, I'm more of a BMX band. I want to say it's a Serlina or something like that. Was oh wait, no, Serlina's the Laura Flynn Boyle bad guy from Men in Black too. Which, by the way, John, do you know why I know that? I don't know. Oh, it's the only reason I know that is because we did a Men in Black two thing. A lot you did. You made like a, a writing about it at some point a long oh, time yeah. ago, uh, and it has created a small stream of constant content uh, or uh, attraction <laughs> to our our website. If you look into tracking for our website. There is a small but ever-present contingent of people who are who are Googling for Lara Flynn Boyle naked. Ha! <laughs> or for Serlina boobs is a common one as well. Uh, and they will try any link at all that, that kicks up off Serlina to try and find pictures of naked Lara Flynn Boyle for some reason. Wow. Uh, and, and so we have, I'd say, maybe five to ten people a week who visit our website exclusively because they Googled for, like, Serlina boobs naked or something. Good lord. And we don't have that, and I want to apologize to them. (laughs) I don't. Thanks for giving us the fucking page views, suckers. (laughs) Uh, All right. Then, moving on to the Sill, they are pretty much gods, but Mm -hmm. they're less like spirits and more like angels. Yeah, they're like spirits in the sky. Yeah. They're like the spirit in the sky. That's where you're going to go when you die. When you die. Uh, so they have a different job to do depending on which of the ten earthly aspects they are most aligned with. Right. So The it, ten earthly aspects are different from the ten oh, energies. 
Fuck you if you thought anything would be the same. I was all set with an anecdote. You have ruined me, sir. I am undone. (laughs) So the ten earthly aspects, which, by the way, this book uses earthly to mean divine. What? I don't know. What? What? But it's like, oh, yeah. It even has a little part where it's like, oh, yeah, everyone uh, refers to anything that's like divine or spiritual as earthly. I'm like. But why? That's the opposite. We of already what it have that word, and it doesn't mean that. <laughs> we have the word divine. Ugh. So the ten earthly aspects are love, mm. purpose, reality, understanding, judgment, balance, persistence, sincerity, presence, and foundation. And if Thanos ever assembles all ten of them, <laughs> yep. Ah, <laughs> there are then four sill houses. That have a connection to certain things, mm-hmm. uh, seasons or aspects or things like that. Uh huh. Sure. Uh, and if you are a sill, you get born into one of these houses, mm-hmm. and so you are in. If you are a sill, you're in one of the houses. Yeah. With some aspect uh, of like the earthly aspects, and then you also have <laughs> a species, right? There's there's like multiple species. Yeah, then of you sil. have your type. Yeah, type. Oh, good lord. And I think nationality also factors into the type aspect. So there's you have a lot of zeroing in on your exact character to do. Siller also born with what is known as a Saya. Mm-hmm. Which again is this on the universe things. No, that's Saya. This oh. is a Saya, which oh. is S A Y A. It is a soul tree that grows with the Sill. Now eventually it keeps growing and floats off into outer space. Uh, But the roots are still in the planet, so if you wanted to, you could climb the roots into space. I'm I'm still trying to get my my head past the fact that this game has a stat called Saya and a stat called Saya. Oh, it's not a stat. It's just a thing that is born and connected to you. Okay, so you have a tree called a Saya and a power called a Saya. Yes. And a big bowl of paella. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's great. Mm-hmm. Sure. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves all of this. And you can get some papaya for your paella. <laughs> <sighs> Mamma mia. In my notes, I just put down animal spirits. Dash. There are also animal spirits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that's what the book was anyway. I mean, it was basically like, hey, did you know there's a like, spirit of buffalo or whatever? Yeah, mm-hmm. they exist. Anyway, moving on. So, but just, I'm sorry to interrupt you with my, with my uh, lexicography. Oh, please do so. D- d- uh, concerns, but did you point out that you can jack and the beanstalk your way into space by climbing your own soul tree? I did. Then, <laughs> <laughs> indeed, enti- sometimes entire cities will be built into a Saya as it floats off into fucking space. But if the person the sill that it is attached to dies then the tree dies and whoops a daisies i guess that city's dead i don't want that to happen that's like if you if someone dies it creates a detroit (laughs) (sighs) every time a sill dies a detroit gets its wings (laughs) or loses them because it's just a whole culture of flying tree detroits (laughs) man all right, uh, Xylan. Mm. Moving on to describing them. Sure. So anything that's not a spirit slash god mm. is a Xylan. As long as it's alive. Now, note that some Xylan can create what is known as an echo. By the way, that is E-K-O. Mm, okay, so like Mark Echo. They can create Mark Echo products. Yeah. 
So some Zylan work in Mark Echo clothing factories. Now the Echo is the soul mm-hmm. that is outside of your body. Oh, yeah, okay. So, so everything a has a soul that's a Zylan, but some people basically have like his dark material demons. Okay. Then you're like, what do you do? I have a soul and it's this owl. But okay. you can also be like, I have a soul and it's this coat I wear. Okay, so an echo is basically an, an external representation of your uh, of your second soul. No, your only soul. Oh, okay. So you're, it's your, your only soul. Some people have the ability to project their soul outside of their body, and when they do so, it takes a shape. Okay. And this is known as an echo. Okay. So you could be like, this is my hat, and it's also my soul. Mm-hmm. Milady. Yeah, sure. That's what Mario did in that most recent Mario game. I'm pretty exactly. Sure. Yeah, he, then he throws it at people. Now, there are 12 dominant tribes of Xylan species on Eorus. Okay. Oh, oh, hold on. There's Xylan on Eorus? Yes. Eorus is basically, once you get rid of the whole Sill thing, uh, just a planet of like 12 tribes, and they're real fucking petty. Aren't we a planet of 12 tribes? I mean, the Jews were. <laughs> Now, note, I'm about to talk about all of these various species that you can be. Okay, sure. There is one thing I will be leaving out, and that is how often and for how long all of them are pregnant, because it decided to tell me that for every single one of them. Why would you leave that incredibly important information out? I, I'm sorry that I will not give you the gestation period of the Haroon. My bad. It's fine. I already know it. Oh, baby, I know it. <laughs> All right. So off the bat, we have Eoresians. Eoresians. Now, the Eoresians are just magical humans. And this is that was the species I made when I made my bonus content now, character. they are <laughs> broken down into regular or Eoresian Eoresians. <laughs> you know, like bison, bison, or gorilla, gorilla. Yeah, no, of course, yeah. Or buffalo, uh, buffalo, 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 buffalo. Buffalo. Now, they have telepathy and telekinesis. Mm-hmm. This is your bog standard human on Eorus is just like, I'm just some guy. Also, telepathy and telekinesis. Yeah, no, I, well, yeah. And, and uh, also, they get like a magic soul or whatever. Then there are the Sonari Eoresians, which are all elemental. Mm-hmm. So whatever their zodiac symbol is, is actually what they are. And- so if you were like, oh, I've got the uh, element of electricity that I'm aligned to, then you would basically look like you have electric powers running through you and you could shoot lightning and whatnot you basically be electro from amazing spider-man 2 all right so the the first two of the 12 species are magic humans and elementally magic humans the third one is buff humans okay the the aaron or yeah they're the the tall ones with the horns yeah they are pretty much just dc metahumans they Mm -hmm. are super strong and super endurant and Horns and also horns made of probably taco meat. (laughs) Maybe taco, probably not. Could be because no one's hunting them for their taco meat horns. (laughs) Well, maybe it's maybe it's Del Taco meat and no one wants it. (laughs) All right, now moving on from the humans, we have the Harun, Mm -hmm. which are basically Scotty dog dwarves. They are short, buff, and furry. They've got little Scotty dog faces. They can sense the weather. <laughs> Wait, I can sense the weather. You mean they can sense the impending weather? I guess. They have weather <laughs> sense and also a bond with trees that they can like bond with a tree mm-hmm. and make it move like a kilometer a year. <laughs> what? But isn't their planet like fucking crazy enormous? 
Eh? What benefit would that possibly have? Well, if you get a whole tribe of Haroon together, they could move a whole forest. Like, yeah, just a around. kilometer. <laughs> just, just around. <laughs> you could also move the whole forest by cutting down about a square mile of it while planting a square mile more on the other side. Yeah, but then you'd be cutting down these trees instead of bonding with them. That's true. I don't You're a horrible not, human. I don't want to not bond with the trees, and I do want to be a Scotty dog. <laughs> Now, mm. if instead of a little Scotty dog, you wanted to be a big old cat person, then you would be one of the Leoric. Yes, yeah, yeah, the, 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 the Leorics, who also want to keep people out of their haunted dungeon. <laughs> yes, obviously. Uh-huh, yeah. So the Leoric are big old cat people with the, like, weird backward bendy leg things. Uh-huh, sure. Uh, they can talk to animals, they have heightened senses, mm-hmm. and the ability to teleport. Well, why they, not? They're big old cat night crawlers. They can talk to the animals. Now, just to be clear, are there normal animals on Eorus to talk to? Yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Uh, now, there are the Evlian, which are big smart wolves that come in white and red varieties. And they are just wolves, right? They're not. No, they're... these are big smart wolves. Uh, but, so they're bipedal? Uh, no. Okay, but they're that, big and smart. That was the thing I wanted to get across. These are basically Red 13, aren't they? Uh, Kind of, except they're huge. Okay. So they are wolves with glowy eyes. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. They have just glow eyes, and they're big, and they, you're white if you're a mountain one and red as a prairie one. Okay. Then there are wolves that are literally just wolves so just some wolves there are wolves also they are powerful psychics oh okay well that's 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 normal no, normally wolves are powerful psychics yes. they're they're not the evelian which are just big smart wolves these are regular wolves which are powerful psychics yeah it's wolves that keep the moon moving that's why the people make the shirts <laughs> there are the sylphen which are the little rodent people okay so the little capybara dudes they kind of look like otters sometimes yeah they're basically just like little rodentias mm-hmm. and they are the profound wise species that everyone respects and also they are good at magic i mean that's that's useful because if you look like a fat little nutria then then you're really going to hope that you were like have some wisdom or something oh yeah you- everyone's like these are the yodas of the planet yeah they're great at using magic and they're tiny and wise yeah because otherwise if they didn't have something going for them you'd be like i'm just gonna punt this thing yeah except they'd be like yeah but i'm gonna cast a spell at you because that's will, our deal i will cast a powerful spell at you oh whatever you look like a koi poo <laughs> you're like a little quokka i just want to hug you <laughs> now we get on to dragons ah dragons i was worried for a second that we would not get to dragons also known as ianidus ianidus Saren mm-hmm. are connected to the White Ring and are so connected with love, kindness, and honor and all the good things. Okay. Then there are the Kiel, the other type of dragon, which mm-hmm. are aligned with the Black Sphere and so are all about destruction, loneliness, and whatever. The book then points out, please remember, there is no such thing as good and evil. <laughs> Just right in the middle there? Just just at the end of it, it's like, BT-dubs, good and evil doesn't exist. Don't think of the uh, Saren as good dragons and the Kiel as evil dragons, because good and evil doesn't exist. Did From Neil, a certain point of view. <laughs> did Neil Breen write this book? What are we doing? It feels like that. <laughs> then we come... I am a Kiel. I have killed 300 million of what you would call humans. They were CEOs. 
And also politicians. In your human terms, they are dead. <laughs> so, the final one are just called contacts. Mm -hmm. The contacts are basically demigods. Okay. They are immune to the song of the first child, which is the song of the universe which causes everyone to lose the ability to be cool yes yeah because you can learn the four primary songs of the universe and then a bunch of individual spells and tunes and all kinds of crap now the song of the first child is basically what causes all beings that aren't like shavat so all the xylan are born innately with the ability to be like i'm a rad cool sorcerer and i can tap into like the energy of the universe mm-hmm uh, but that song makes it so that you forget that as you become more conscious. Okay, sure. <clears throat> they are the only ones who are immune to it of the Xylan. So they can raise their consciousness far into the stratosphere. Basically, it just means they can wield super cool relics. Oh, right. We're just talking about Xylan right now. I just realized that. I yes. thought this was just everything. No. These are just the Xylan. Okay. All right. Great. And the contacts are pretty much the exalted as a race. All right. Because sure. they're like, what do you do? Oh, we're super cool demigods, and we get to find awesome relics that are these huge weapons. Oh, that's like, right. They're the ones who get, what are they, what are they called? V v Isthenia? Um, no, Isthenia is one of the spell types. Yeah, I didn't write it down. I just called them Relics of the Great Spirit, because then they also have another name. Yeah, it's, it starts with a V, I think. I think it it's like the sh the Vishan or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. Uh, all right. It's the Venetian. God, we've been at this for an hour. Each one of them gets access to the Venetian hotel. I'm going to I'm gonna skip over some stuff. I'm going to go just hit some highlights. So just tell me the other species, please. The, I, oh, I wanna, that's it. Yeah. That's it for the no, species. No, no, I want to hear about the, the Calais and the, and the Sill and the, yeah. Uh, there's not a lot about them. Well, go, but at least tell me what that bear thing on the cover of my book is. It's like some sort of giant bear shaman man. Yeah, that's... I don't know. Oh, okay. Honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll let I that have slide. no idea. I saw yeah. the bear shaman picture in my book as well, mm -hmm. and it does not map to they, anything. They get a species in that book. They get a name and everything. But I was just curious which one of the things they are. Uh, all right. Uh, religion is fake. <laughs> is so fake. God is dead. Do as you will. <laughs> Hell is fake and God is dead. Uh, and I kill me. <clears throat> ah. The Kellyan is a pantheistic religion mm -hmm. that basically looks at the Shavat as gods. That's one of the religions. Sarian is a religion that only worships the Great Spirit, and that is the dominant religion. Okay, so most people only <laughs> worship the Great Spirit. Yeah, it's a monotheistic thing, but then the uh, actual religion is split into like 30 sects that all view it in a different way, okay, but so all of them are also part of the Tree of Knowledge. Okay, so they're, they're like religions of the book, so to speak. Yeah, so the right, Sarian sure. Tree of Knowledge is like, oh yeah, if you're going to be part of the Sarian, each branch of the Tree of Knowledge is a way of looking at it, and you have to sort of go to all of them. So you'll be like, oh, I think that the Great Spirit is actually no different than any of us. It's just someone that gained great consciousness. And then you go to some other branch and it's like, actually, the Great Spirit is what creates consciousness. And so 
they're all different, but the I mean, same under the tree of knowledge. By the traveler's own admission throughout the book, that the the great spirit can't be just like you as a regular person who attained great consciousness, because the first thing ever to be a living thing was created by the great spirit. Well, yeah, but that's just what the traveler says. So who fucking knows? Oh, it's an ambiguous thing. There's a whole story about what happened with the history of Eorus that is very Cinnabar-esque mm-hmm. in that it kept being like, there were millions of people and then 20,000 were left and then they flourished to a billion people and then 10 were left. And you're like, stop it. Stop having Five. great apocalypses. 5,000 years ago, there was a battle that lasted for 12 million years. In my notes, I have first there was a single continent, then that blew up because of a wolf. Then there was a new continent, and that froze, so everybody got on a giant floating city. Mm -hmm. Then they went out to conquer the universe from the giant floating city, but some Ziel showed up and killed 98% of life in the universe. (laughs) So, okay, so first of all, they had a nuclear wolf uh, that blew up the continents, and then they got on a floating imagination land blown tree blimp. And then they went and conquered the universe. And then some dark dragons came. No, the ZL are the spirits of the Black Sphere. I'm sorry, I think I might have gotten the ZL and the Key all mixed up. Yeah. So the ZL show up and murder most life. Wait, hang There's on. a final stand that happens at the White Ring. So the ZL are spirits of the Dark Sphere. And they're spirits of destruction, because the that's ki- what the Dark Sphere is. And the KL are dragons of the Dark Sphere? Yes. I'm melting over here. <laughs> uh, let's see, there was an event mm-hmm. called the Black Howling. Okay. Oh, yeah, I read about that in the, in the other book. Sure, sure. So at some point, a bunch of wolves show up on Eorus and start howling. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows what it is, except that it's actually a song from the Great Spirit saying that she wants to die. Oh, okay. The song is essentially orders to the Shavat that are, hey, come kill me. Like, I just want to die. Come kill me. So is this a metaphysical thing, or does the Great Spirit have, like, a body somewhere you can go put a knife Oh, no. In? The Great Spirit has a physical form. Okay. And, great. like, wanders around the White Ring. Oh, okay, great. Uh, now, only the Shavat can hear this song. So, all of the Xylan, because eventually I didn't mention, but the fucking Great Spirit shows up on Eorus at some point. Okay. Wait, all hold of on, the Xylan worship the Great Spirit. And so they start fighting gods in order to protect their god that wants to die. So wait, a bunch of wolves show up and start howling this song about how the great spirit wants to die. Yes. Wolves are Xylan, so they can't hear their own song. Apparently, so they're they super go, psychic, they so just, they're like, this, I know I'm supposed to yeah. sing this, but I don't know what it means. They just come running out and they go, Whoa, with their mouth Aww. open. Just, it's no sta- yeah, they do the, the mystics thing. Yeah, they can done. hear it, but they don't know what it is. Okay, that's great. That's... That's great. And then and then all the people of Eorus went to war against their gods. So everyone is fighting against gods to kill that are trying to kill the big god, but the Xylan are protecting the god who wants to die who are making the gods fight them. Okay. Okay. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so then the Xylan make a secret society that is entirely about killing or exiling the sill so that they don't kill God. Now, God still, though, however, does want to die. Yes, God very much wants to die. Now, when the isn't, God... like, telling anyone. Okay, but when God dies, won't that, like, stop stuff? Who knows? Okay, great. In response, the sill make a secret society of their own mm-hmm. that is all dedicated to killing the other secret society <laughs> and also the great spirit, I guess. All right, sure. 
Now, what do you do in this game? I guess you play as... Uh, uh, you make a capybara man, little Scotty dog capybara, and then you start on a planet that's bigger than Earth, and each year you can move a tree a mile, so you, you do that, and then also you check to see if you have any treasure. Sure. Am, so, I, am I right? What I've done has basically taken us to current day. Currently, okay. there's like a Cold War with the Sill about killing the... The Great Spirit. And the Great Spirit, okay. Now, the book has some suggestions on what you could be doing. Though most of it is basically picking a side in the, hey, do we want to kill God okay. war. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, if you don't want to do that, you can basically just dick around on Eorus looking for ancient artifacts. Okay. Uh, or you can immerse yourself in the culture of the Ethnias of Istaria. Oh, right, the Ethnias. That's a whole other thing you choose at character creation. Yeah, the Ethnias are basically split up into, are you one of the people that lives on a cool floating city, or mm -hmm. are you one of the dirty little bastards that lives on the ground? Yeah, are you a lumpo? Because the people who live in floating cities can get, like, passports to come visit the ground, but if you were born on the ground, you are not allowed to go to the floating city. Oh, good. You have to wait there for them to throw their cyborg garbage down, and then you train it to be a mighty battler. Yes. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, there is one of the floating city Estias that's in the book, because it's all like, oh, if you choose that you're from this one, you get these powers. If you choose that you're from this one, you get these powers. One of them was the unknown city, powers unknown, gifts unknown, skills unknown. Yeah, it's it's the city that no one comes down from and no one is allowed into, and it's just like, what is this? Oh, it exists. Yeah. It's some shit in case your GM wants to make up a dumb thing for you to go break into. I am rolling my eyes. Yeah. A little bit. So that is basically the setting of Eorus Essence. Mm. Technically, you could just play on Earth. Mm -hmm. You could just make a human, put him on Earth, do nothing with the setting, <laughs> and be like, what do you do? Oh, I go to my job. Each day I wake up and I go into a dungeon with these three shit-snarfing hog weasels. <laughs> That's right. And I'm the biggest shit-snarfer of them all. <laughs> Put me by the side of the road. Just dirt, please. No coffin. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so it's a game with an incredibly complex, uh, very metaphor-driven set uh, set of like uh, like strictures under which it exists. It has a lot of hierarchical shit in this game. Most of which is going to be almost completely irrelevant if you use the game to play most of the stuff that the game would suggest that you should play. Yeah, because the game basically isn't going to support a mixed party. Mm -hmm. You pretty much are either going to be like all one type of thing. Right. Or maybe you're like, oh, we have like a cell with us. Yeah. So the basics of the, 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 the ultimate premise or idea here is remember when we did Testament D20, the Bible game? Yeah. If instead of being like, here's how you play as a, Nef uh, uh, you know, a neophyte or whatever, like these, these you know, or a temple prostitute, whatever the hell it is you're playing as, the, the whole book was just focused on how many legs various types of angels have? Yes. If it was like, let me tell you about the hierarchy of angels and where these ones come in and which ones look like feathers and which one look like burning wheels. Yeah. And then what do you do in this game? Oh, I don't know. You play as like an Israelite and you go to a... You I, go to I a, guess you pick someone and you do a thing. Anyway, that's not important. You go into a temple, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, back to the the, the angels. This one's got 17 feet and a lion face. <laughs> yeah, the, the book has so much information on the background mm -hmm. that has no bearing at 
all what you would do as a character. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, what I'm hearing, and, and again, we did this a weird way because we didn't have time for both of us to read both books as we, we made this plan to uh, blind elephant the situation to have one person read each book. This doesn't feel like even I, I, I have not come up with through the act of listening to you do this, a gelid, co coherent thought about this game and what you would do with it. It has not happened. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it basically is either you play it as a game of, like, we're doing, like, weird Cold War secret society murder people. Uh-huh. But on also either all of us side. are, like, weirdly telepathic and can sing the songs of the universe. Oh, yeah, you have superpowers, but you're pretty much doing secret agent nonsense. Uh-huh. Or you can do it as, like, a D&D &D game where you're like, oh, we go run through the shit in Eorus that no one gives a fuck about and try and find cool stuff. I want to find cool artifacts. There's been, like, several societies that have risen and died over the course of Eorus, and we're going to go look for their stuff. Okay. Well, I, I, I yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess that's ways to play it. I mean, at least the book gave that section. That is nice. That is of, good of, of them. Of the books that we've had that are like, this is nonsense. What the fuck am I supposed to do to interact like, with this setting? Like, like Nephilim and stuff where you're like, how do you play this? What do you do? Yeah, at least it had like a paragraph of, I don't know, maybe try one of these out. <laughs> That's fair. That's better than some of the other ones we've read. So there you go. There is uh, Eorus Essence setting book. Uh, okay, well. I mean, if you put the two episodes together, you've realized that we don't know shit about this game. We don't know dick about shit, and I love it. It's uh, It was a confusing experience with some very nice art. Yes. I, uh, man, reading that book is brain melting. Uh, believe me, I understand. It is. I, I read the other one. Oh, fuck me in the ass. Just every time I would read it, I was like, I need to put this down before I start, like, needing to get a certain type of cloak. <laughs> I already own three Gladii. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's a little much. <laughs> but there you go. Thank you for joining us. If I read even three more pages of this book, I will turn into Raven C.S. McCracken. <laughs> I will 100% do that. <laughs> okay, so there you go. Uh, I guess we go to the best and worst. Yeah. And I have to ask you, because I didn't read this one. So, John, what was your favorite thing about reading uh, the setting book? I... I mean, honestly, I'm going to say it's that it had an actual what the fuck are you supposed to do in this setting yeah. section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so many books should include that. If you do a setting that is super weird or has a lot of, like, esoteric nonsense going on. The more that, like, metaphysical, the more you need to have a section about what the fuck you're supposed to do. Oh, yeah. The further away from this is just Earth you get, the more you need to tell me what the fuck I'm supposed to do there. Yes. So the fact that it has a section that's like, here's some ideas for what you could do. I was like, oh, thank God. Because if you had just left me on, ah, oh, there's a bunch of weird Scotty dog people and they're fighting gods. Anyway, bye. I'd be like, what the fuck? What am I doing? Also, some of the Scotty dogs are gods or they're gods of the Scotty dogs. I don't know. Anyway, meh, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, if you're an artist and you want to draw cool pictures, this book will give you inspirations. Because you can have a little rat man or a capybara dude or a little Scotty dog dude. Or maybe a guy with horns or a or, different guy with horns. Yeah, so, I mean, there's all kinds. Of, or bear shamans that no one remembers how they're connected to anything. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's an Enlil or maybe that's a Leoric. I don't know. Because eh. the picture for the Leoric, they were like, these are big cat people. And I was like, that doesn't look like a cat at all. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, that uh, the Leoric one threw me when you told me in the previous episode that they were cat people. I was like, no, they're not. I mean, that's what the book says, but 
whatever. Their art says something different. <laughs> their art says no, yeah. but their eyes say yes. What's your least favorite thing about this book? The worst thing in this setting is almost assuredly going to be the points where the narrator introduces something and then says, but I have no idea what that is. <laughs> like, anytime it talks about the lost spirits, and it's like, yeah, but who knows if those even exist? Mm. I don't. And I'm like, then don't fucking, what? Why is, why do you have a character narrating this if he doesn't know things? Hello, I'm David Attenborough, and uh, on screen right now is a tapir, an animal I know nothing about. Uh, moving on. It appears to be bumbling about artlessly, I don't know, maybe... It's got sort of a dick nose. Let's go to penguins. I know penguins. Yeah, it's very <laughs> weird. So the conceit of being told from that was also weird because there would be points where like the philosophy and point of view of the narrator comes through and it feels like the writer is telling you that. Mm -hmm. So it just feels more like a cult initiation. So when the book uses I statements of like, well, I believe that, of course, this is true. And I'm like. Oh, yeah, there's a narrator for this. Fuck, I forgot. <laughs> Jesus, I thought you were saying, as the maker of this RPG, you believe this was true. Fuck me. Yeah, they tapped into some, into a, a part of the world that the rest of us have yet to have seen. Yeah. So there you go. Just the weird bits and asides from the narrator are and, the worst. And would you play this game? I mean, I might just to see. It's I know nothing of the mechanics, so, you know... <laughs> Sure you do. You listen to my episode. I know enough of the mechanics that, you know, maybe I would be able to do something. Because God knows I've still got to create a character for bonus content. Yeah. Yeah, that might take you a couple of hours. It took me a long time. and I A read couple the of dowers. A couple of dowbers. Uh, it took me a long time to do it, and I've read the rule book. Yeah, I have no idea how long it's going to take me, but at least I'll have a concept for what I'm making. That's true. Your character's going to have a lot more of drive to them than my character did. Uh, but that's fine, because while you're doing that, I'll play Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 and make comments. You're a dick. What do you mean? I, what do you want me to do in that situation? I made my character while you were gone last time. Yeah, that's it's true. It's not like I made you sit there while I made my character. That's true. I'm a good guy. You're a good friend, and mm -hmm. everyone likes you. That's. I wish that was... Okay, anyway... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, you know what, though? How are people going to find out about this bonus character that you made? Well, they'll uh, go to patreon.com slash systemmastery and give us a dollar or more. Uh, yeah. That'll unlock the bonus content, and you'll be able to get all of our previous bonus content, too, once you get in there. Oh, yeah. You can dig into the archives, find shit we've made for weird games, mm -hmm. find characters for games you've forgotten the rules of, and then just be like, what are they talking about? And it's great. Yeah. No, we do all kinds of cool stuff. We have a lot of different uh, shows. We also average. tend to dig into some of the character creation mechanics a little bit more in the bonus content. Yeah, we try to we try to bring a little something extra to the bonus content episodes. Uh, we make about seven bonus shows a month, and you can get them all for about ten bucks a month. Yeah, that's, it's a steal. It's the easiest way to do it. So if if, if that's what, if that sounds good to you, then head to patreon.com slash systemmastery. Or go to our Etsy store and buy our dice. Yeah, we got some dice up on Etsy. I put them on Etsy because that way I could do inventory controls. And it worked because we're almost out of a couple of the colors, and we are out of one. Huh. So if, uh, if you want to get some of our custom dice, we still have five colors available. They're like five bucks for a pair of two. A pair of two. Uh, and I'm already working on reordering both the color that sold out in a day and uh, some new colors as well. Oh, well, there you go. Mm -hmm. Look forward to that. Yeah. 
So uh, that's our Etsy store, and uh, otherwise we'll see you at Big Bad Con if you're going to be there later yep, on. Later mid-October. On. In October, we're going to be at Big Bad Con. We have literally nothing to do. Uh, I mean, I might join a game or two, but mm-hmm. mostly I'm just there to hang out with people. I'm there to badger James into putting us on a panel. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, James? Let us take over your panels, you coward. <laughs> <laughs> Let System Mastery speak to the people. <laughs> the time has come. So thank you so much for joining us. We will, of course, be back in another couple weeks with more System Mastery. Heck yes. And until that, you have a good one.